0: Welcome to Henry George Program. I'm Mark Molyneux, and I'm joined by co-host Jacob Schwartz-Lucas. This is a program dedicated to finding practical answers to the housing crisis, economic volatility, inequality, and environmental degradation here in the Bay Area and beyond. More specifically, we compare and contrast the ideas of the 19th century economist Henry George. With that of both historical and contemporary thinkers, we address issues ranging from artificial intelligence, automation, the universal basic income, to city planning, and the land value tax, a concept popularized by George. Today on the program, we are talking... The Economies of Video Games, we have Alan Joyce uh, with us today. Welcome, Alan.
1: Greetings. Hello.
0: Yeah, so uh, just to get us out of the way, do a plug. Uh, we co-host a show about uh, the movie Cocktail and the movie Convoy. It's the Earful of...
1: Convoy slash Cocktail.
0: It's very. Uh, it's a very good program. EarfulofCocktail.com or EarfulofConvoy.com will get you there. But why are you on the show today? You're on the show today because you know a lot about uh, EVE Online and other video
1: games. I'm a video gaming expert
0: and an expert in the uh, in the economies of video games.
1: I am I I I'm familiar with them. I don't know if I'm an expert in the economies of video games. but
0: I'd say you, you play a lot of extremely boring video games. I play a
1: lot of video games that involve spreadsheets. Yes. Yes. So uh, here's, a,
0: here's an article that came out uh, four years ago, How I Used EVE Online to Predict the Great Recession. Mm-hmm. It's by, uh, the author is Ramin uh, Shakurzad. I, I probably butchered that, but I, I apologize. Uh, he was talking about early days of EVE Online and how they had something of a crisis. But before we get to there... Mm-hmm. Uh, EVE Online.
1: Describe it. EVE Online. So EVE Online is um, uh, an online, massively multiplayer game about, uh, in theory, it is about space flight and um, uh, science fiction. In practice, it is actually more about people, economies, um, and politics. So really what EVE Online is is this large simulation where people can control territory, uh, own... um, you know, either uh, uh, regions or um, stations within regions, um, as well as uh, do all sorts of other activities, mining, um, uh, fighting, uh, et cetera, et cetera.
2: So what's the point of the game? What are you trying to do as you
1: log in and play? Um, so the you project. can really it's yeah, it's really kind of this open ended thing. So some for some people, it's uh, they want to get really good at fighting. They want to, you know, um, uh Sort of build up their uh, their collection of ships, so they're very powerful and they're able to to go and um you know win uh, in in combat. Um, there's some people who just want to make a lot of money. Um, that's my main goal in EVE Online. I do a lot of market trading. Um, I have a, my spreadsheet up, so my current I currently have um, about five billion isk in profit from market trading activities, um, uh, and, and about one point eight billion in outstanding capital, and then a, a lot more in in other uh, stuff. Um, so, uh, which is actually fairly small. I mean, in, versus someone who's you know it, uh, has a much more scaled operation. But for me, that's been my main activity. Is like I just want to try and acquire uh, ISK, which is the in-game currency. Oh, well, what do you
0: trade in? What do you tend to? What are your commodities?
1: Uh, ships are actually the probably the most uh, predictable thing. So you can buy um, ships in times of peace and then sell them in times of war, hmm. um, and that actually works out pretty well. War profiteering, <laughs> baby! <laughs> um, so, can you cash this out for for? U.S. dollars? You can't. It's um, the U.S. At least, not not uh, in a way that it complies with their terms of service. There are um, uh, illicit ways to sell it to other players. Um, it, they've made it much more difficult, though. And actually, Eve is, uh, was unique in terms of MMOs. In terms of, I mean, gold selling has been a problem in MMOs for a long time, where people, you know, like World of Warcraft, uh, people would sell, um, you know, thousands of in-game gold for real dollars. Um, That was a big problem that disrupted the economy of World of Warcraft for a while. EVE Online actually um, not solved it, but actually made a decent headway in in, um, addressing it by making it possible to buy in-game ISK with real dollars um, from, I don't know, the beginning, but from pretty early on. So you can actually buy these things called Plex. You can then sell those Plex in the EVE Online world for ISK. Um, You just can't do the reverse. So why is it a problem to to be people buying gold or or whatever, like?
2: Well so so what goes wrong in Warcraft
0: is the question. Well what
1: yeah. what went wrong in Warcraft was um players getting basically uh, uh, it being impossible to catch up to or compete with or, or like, you know, um achieve the same things as players who were putting real currency in. Mm. Um, and, and so it basically I mean and that's fine if everyone could put real currency in because then everyone is um, you know, at least like can be on a level playing field, or at least the game is, like, tuned to account for that, which, you know, EVE is. World of Warcraft was not. World of Warcraft was tuned, assuming that no one was putting real money into, you know, the ecosystem— and so, as a result, um, people who did put real money in were driving this scaled, you know, farming engine where there were just a bunch of like bots that were farming a bunch of resources, and then those those resources were going to people who paid real money. And so, as a result, you had this huge distortion of the you know economy of the game toward, shifting toward those players. Right. So,
0: so kind of like Piketty's collocation of capital. You need money to get money, and then it grows faster than anything else. You never catch up
1: uh something like that
0: yeah was well, so it just not fun to play if you can't catch up or is no, this- it's not that it wasn't
1: fun it was just you'd have you know um uh you would have these players who clearly you know well first of all you had this whole bot economy that was driven by this right which is unfortunate because you end up with all these like mindless bots running around the world grinding uh for gold um and and often you know stealing resources from from real players um, or Or farming out areas that real players would you know would want to farm, so you have that disruption in terms of you have a lot of these these just automated mindless bots you know taking up a lot of the the play space. Um, and then on the flip side, you had players who were buying the gold that those bots were farming, and those players were getting outsized amounts of resources, distorting the markets, making things more expensive for other people to buy, et cetera. Right. So it just the game just wasn't tuned for it. Eve Online has been tuned for it from the beginning. So it, Eve Online is built assuming you, you know, there are players who will buy these plaques, uh, you know, from. Uh, CCP, the makers of the game, they will buy these Plex, that Plex will give them in-game resources, and they will use those in-game resources. The whole game is tuned around that, so it just works a lot better.
0: So video games, they mirror the real world, but unlike the real world, there's not, like, conservation of mass. There's, I mean, basically, you know, goods can't... There's no inherent scarcity because you can always just... Make more things happen. There's always more gold in the ground, uh, but I mean, I
1: guess, sort I, of. I, guess, I mean, I guess there's there's scarcity in terms of player time, right? So, yeah. so and, and you want to and and you know, as a game maker, you want to make sure that any time your players are investing is time that they are you know enjoying. Um, because you want them to continue playing your game.
0: You want labor to be productive, because if you're just if you are just going in and people are just bots are just yeah, I mean, it, you, right, that it, would it, suck
1: if, if it's if it gets to the point where you spending an hour playing the game feels pointless because it's contrasted with all these bots that are spending you know 24 hours playing the game, um, you know. The and, and are doing it in a much more scaled fashion. That's where it breaks down because yeah, then then it's you are no longer able to have fun with your one hour and the, and the you know the, a maker of a game is not going to want that.
0: Just I, I rarely see people mining a Bitcoin by hand anymore. It's just not fun.
1: <laughs> exactly.
2: It, it's it's as if everyone who's paying has an army of slaves or
1: yeah. something like that. Yeah, so you, can't, you can't really get
2: ahead. You you put in a lot of effort, but you'll
1: you know you'll never do as well as those players that are right and you can pursue you can pursue different goals um but it's just this matter of is the game tuned for that or not so you know so world of warcraft now at least actually does allow you to you know you can buy from blizzard in-game tokens which give you gold so it, blizzard has actually sort of caught up to uh, World of Warcraft was caught up to EVE Online in that sense, in that now it is tuned for this. Um, but it was not something it originally accounted for. It was something that EVE Online accounted for. And I think it's worked pretty well in on EVE Online. The interesting side effect of it is as a player of EVE Online, you can actually buy these plaques. If you're just a really good player and you've done really well in EVE Online, you've made a lot of ISK within the game, you can actually buy these tokens from other players and use them to pay for your subscription. So you can actually play the game for free as a result of, um, it, you know, and get a couple other features as well as a result of being, you know, at a different level in terms of of your ability to make money within the game.
0: Is, is that seem kind of? It makes it more fun because you can just.
1: Well, it makes it it makes it such that it's you know th- there's um, you know so so there's there's one side or there, it makes it such that there is an advantage and an incentive for players to you know not just keep pouring endless amounts of money into the game. To make themselves amazing, actually, there's a point, there's a tipping point where if they end up, you know, mastering it, they actually get out more out of it than they're putting in in terms of they can now pay for their own subscription and they don't, they're not putting money in anymore.
0: Is is that analogous to what makes casinos run? If everyone was always losing every time, people would just probably stop finding it fun. It's the fact that people find some skill gets them ahead. I don't know if that's.
1: Uh, Maybe. I mean, I think it's more, it's actually, I would say it's more like. uh, I don't know classic American capitalism, where it's like you look at these people who are successful and who you know uh, made it past the tipping point to where they are now the barons and are able to like pay for their own subscription, and you go like, oh well, I'm here paying fifteen dollars a month. You know, but maybe someday, if I work hard enough, I could actually pay for my own subscription too. Right? I
0: could afford to live on this <laughs> in this universe. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: I mean, it's
2: yes. sort of like if you have, you know, if you have enough money, then you can buy politicians and uh, ask for
1: better. That's know, absolutely true, in EVE online. So, so in, like that. no, and e- are so they in, corrupt? In Evon oh, ever i mean, it's EVE Online is 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 just raw capitalism. It's incredible. So, so um, describe
0: democracy in
1: EVE Online before we get into this. Uh, so there are—I mean—they're built in mechanisms for forming corporations, having those corporations have votes and shares. Are they people? Um, <laughs> they are. They are not. They are not <laughs> players. Um, there—it's a different entity. Are they, um, are they legally people in the judicial I, I, system of EVE Online? I don't think so. Uh, there is no judicial system in EVE Online. <laughs> um, so, um. So they, uh, so you can form these corporations. Within these corporations, every um, uh, there are shareholders. The shareholders have votes. You can propose votes, and the shareholders can vote with their shares. and, and those can take various actions within an organization, such as promoting a CEO, uh, you know, changing a CEO, um, doing various other actions in terms of like selling property, disbanding the organization, stuff like that.
0: Are, so. are people pretty, you know, big on shareholder activism? Like, um, is is the role of the CEO uh, to deliver value to shareholders. Typically
1: most large e-online corporations tend to be controlled by a pretty small number of people. So it's actually less I, and it, it's pretty rare to have an e-online corporation that is similar to, you know, an actual like a a listed, you know, company in, you know, in the US. How many people are playing this game actively at any one time even online has i believe at least two hundred fifty thousand paid subscribers um uh that number was as of like a year ago though so i'm, I'm not actually sure what it's at now um typically any any actually i can check i've got the client open right now um but i guess uh, there are 30 sort of speaks to uh
2: to, to mark's question though about you know be, because you can buy um you know index funds and things like that in the real world yep right so
1: then... you, you can sort of do that in even online in terms of you can go into ventures with large numbers of other players Um, you know, you can buy, like, for example, there are contracts you can create that let you, um, collectively buy a blueprint that then lets you use that blueprint to create ships that are valuable. Um, you know, there, there's things like that where you can, you can pool resources. Um, but for the, for a lot of the major corporations, I mean, for example, for, for, um, Goonswarm, or there's a bunch, it's gone through a bunch of names. Um, uh, but the, the large, what used to be the largest corporation in the game, I believe actually recently um, it's been more on the decline. But um, it was controlled by one person called the Matani. Um, he was, um, uh, I, I don't actually know what the exact shareholder situation was, but I'm pretty sure he had essentially, you know, absolute control over the corporation. Um, even though it was, I mean, that was the largest corporation for many years and by far the most powerful. Uh, So there are thirty two thousand four hundred and two players online right now um, on Eve Online.
0: So are are there equity markets in Eve Online too?
1: Not really. So no, I mean corporations could sell their shares, yes, but um, uh, uh, there there that doesn't tend to be a thing. Yeah, um, uh, I'm actually kind of surprised it isn't. I mean, I guess it's not directly encoded in the game mechanics, so it would be kind of you'd have to do it in a an ad hoc way. Um, but um, uh, I mean, you know, but the, those shares do exist. You can trade the shares. It's a real asset, you know, that you can exchange in the game. But um, um, could, could you make money by trying to off- open your own stock exchange? Uh, it's an interesting idea. I th- I'm guessing someone has tried it. I'm sure, you know, 10 years of Eve online. I I doubt like someone like everything exists in some sort of weird yeah. corrupted way in
0: Eve online. <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, sorry, real quick on your um, your point on the corruption aspect. So so Goonswarm I mentioned that really massive of, you know, uh powerful corporation um they actually their uh, the start of their decline um was actually a result of um someone of a, a very wealthy person, single person who who just made a lot of ISK, um, getting uh, sort of ticked off at them um, and just hiring, p- putting incentives for anyone who wanted to attack their territory to attack their territory. So he just said, I'm just going to pay you money and, and <laughs> to, to attack these people. And it actually started a war. It actually started a massive war that resulted in the decline of the most, pop- the, the most uh, uh, powerful corporation in the game.
0: So does Eve Online? Does it illustrate what would happen if it was just unfettered capitalism with no rule of law or like yeah. legal system? whatsoever? Yeah, I, I think I
1: think it does, and it's constant actually, war and mercenaries and. Yeah, kind of. That is what that's that's what, what comes out of it. Of, yeah, I think the interesting thing about it, though, is, is I mean, because the other aspect of Eve Online is basically like death has a cost, but it's not a large cost. You have these clones, and like you know, you if your one clone dies, you go and you 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 resume life as another clone. So I think that, you know, violence
2: just isn't as bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so violence has has I mean, it still is a cost because you're losing ships and ships cost a lot of money. And in in some cases, clones actually cost a lot of money, too. Um, And so we're going to
2: assume the game characters aren't sentient or or anything like that. So they're not suffering when.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, the, the, the suffering is minor, although, you know, there is certainly. You know, there's there's there've been many uh, episodes of significant mental anguish of players, you know, who lose large amounts of resources and like there's a lot of interpersonal, um, uh, you know, Uh, human dynamics that happen as well people scam each other and you know out of out of lots of resources and and time and whatnot so
0: so so to go back to what what we brought up here this is uh how i used eve online predict the great recession this goes back to the early days this is eve online leaving the beta in 2003 Mm uh and when you talk about scarcity at at the this point over here there was one inherent scarcity in factories uh how does scarcity work now in eve online
1: yeah, so this is actually an area of the game I'm not as familiar with because it, I, I just haven't gotten into industry and production that much. But, but essentially, um, you set up stations or stations exist. Those stations have factory lines. Um, you pay for an amount of time on those factory lines, and you use it to construct something with a blueprint.
0: Who do you pay when you pay for the time in
1: the factory lines? You pay the game. It's, it's, a, it's a money sink, basically. Hmm. Um, okay. Well, so I, I, should, I, should, I should correct that. You pay the game if it's a game-owned station. If it's a player-owned station, you either pay the player, or I think it might be a combination of the player and the game. And by player-owned, I mean it could be corporation or individual. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I, I believe the owner of the station would get a cut if you're using their factory line. But, I, it but again, I, to
2: work, yeah, it didn't used to work like that before, though. No, no, it used
1: right? to be it, it it used to be that that all factory lines were on game-owned stations. It, it gradually over the years. Um, things have moved more toward more things being player owned and player controlled, um, and it, you know, and that being the sort of dynamic of of the game as opposed to it having things that are preset or game owned.
0: Well, so so as far as being game owned, it sounds mm. like the original the factories were just out there, and then there was kind of a land grab. People went out and they wanted to grab as many as they could of the mm. finite number of factories. Which well, because they
1: were attached to stations, and stations are in territory, right? Yeah. So it sounds yeah. like
0: here, uh, it sounds. By the time I was able to log into the game, which is one day after the UK, mm. um, all the prime factories have been grabbed. This mm. forced this forced me to race to Minmatar space, where yep. the ships were generally held in lower esteem by beta testers. There, I managed to buy the factories in a key star hub and set up shop. Uh, and then this guy set, he built some impressive spaceships. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and and then suddenly, within when it ra- launched. On the market, actually, retail launch, mm. people were selling the factories they owned for 300, 400 real it dollars. It sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it sounds that what happened when this was going on, a handful of players had factories, uh, got really rich. This mm. guy was one of them because he happened to get one of the factories in Minmentar Space. Yep. Uh, everyone else was kind of locked out. Yep. And there was. Uh, there was increased wealth stratification. Economic uh, competition was brought down. Uh, consumer goods were made expensive, and basically nothing, nothing worked. <laughs> so, to-
1: yeah, so I wasn't playing during this time. Um, I think this was. Be- so I mean, they've they've definitely corrected for a lot of these forces since then. They've since hired an economist, which they didn't have back then, and you know, in beta. Yeah. Um, I believe now the. I mean, there is still scarcity in terms of you need to use resources, you need to use a blueprint, you need to use a factory line in order to create something. Um, but I believe they've balanced it. Uh, better such that you can go with you know you can either use a public uh, line or you can go and um uh, you know, establish a new station and create lines there. But
0: but it is interesting. In this case, people mm. might look. I guess you're kind of a freak if you say this works. If like this is how unfettered capitalism could work. I mean, sure there'd be wars all the time mm. and mercenaries, but it would function. Well, I think the the, but di- it,
1: the difference is in in this early stage there was artificial scarcity of the factory lines. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Although I guess in the real world there's always scarcity of something.
1: Sure. I mean, but in in the in the uh, if you if you take the framing of there's this vast open you know galaxy of space sure right and and essentially infinite area to construct you know stations um the idea that there were only whatever it was a few hundred you know stations constructed that had factory lines was like kind of silly so.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess it matters what you say is, you know, can you substitute elsewhere? Can you mm-hmm. say there's only so many factories you can go elsewhere? I guess if someone owned all the space in EVE Online, there's no substitute because there's only mm-hmm. one universe. Well, that
1: is the—I mean, so now with the exception of there's there's high security, low security, and, and null security, which is sort of like the protection of the space, high security space is controlled by the game, essentially. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and, you know, not players— um, when you get into to null security, it's, it's controlled entirely by players. And so that space actually can be held, you know, in its entirety um, by certain corporations. And so stuff that's built in that space, you know, they could enforce and only make it accessible to, to their own corporation.
0: So uh, so this article, it features the guy who he, you know, takes some lessons from this and realizes, hey, you notice how people are sitting on these factories and not using them, and everything's mm-hmm. expensive. And he looked at Prop 13 in California and says, <laughs> hey, that's kind of what's happening here. A lot of people are sitting on these and suddenly it gets sold for a lot. You have wealth stratification going up, mm-hmm. uh, and it's not, you know, it's making houses more expensive. And then he kind of looked in this entire bubble that's being created by speculators— and was seeing how it was very similar to the pyramid scheme of real estate speculation up to 2008. Mm. And when the uh, when they had a whole class of people who were making real iffy mortgages with adjustable rate mortgage, mm-hmm. uh, he started making a bet with an economist, and apparently he paid his tuition after... <laughs> after <laughs> and now he's an economist who works video game folks. Cool. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, you can say, what... Is the bare minimum for making something that seems to go on? It sounds like there is rent being paid for, I guess, t- to the game of making this work at all. If there really was well, a, a, a c- complete control of what is inherently scarce, yep. you would see this break down in the same ways. So yeah. So the-
1: now, so now, if you, so, if you want to establish a station with factory lines, now, to the best of my understanding, because I've never done this personally, because it requires far more resources than I have. But you would, you know, pool your resources as a corporation or an individual. If you were, you know, if you had enough of them, Uh, you would invest those resources in, or well, you'd pool your ISK. You'd invest that ISK in resources. You would take those those resources and use that to construct a station. Um, uh, You would also need um, to staff some amount of people in ships to actually defend that, and you know, uh, uh, against anyone who wanted to attack it. Uh, and then you would invest further resources in the um, maintenance and development of the facilities of that station, including you know, factory lines. Um, and then for everything you make on the factory line, you would invest further resources, which would be the actual you know, production of stuff on that factory line. And by resources, I mean either um, you, know, t- uh, like you are spending time to acquire ISK, which you are then investing in goods, which you are then using to do stuff, um, or you are paying real dollars to get ISK which, you know, U.S. dollars to get ISK, which you are then investing in goods to do stuff.
0: Are, are there people who are like Utopian, uh, Utopian's Neve Online, or are there any people who have, like, communes? Or is that not a thing that makes sense?
1: Um, I mean, to a degree, um, there are people who um, definitely are sort of uh, separate themselves from the, from, from the typical grind, right? There are people who say, like, we don't care about any of this. We're just here to create chaos, or, like, you know, we don't care about any of this. We're just here to have fun. You know, we're just going to form a group of people and go do whatever. And, like, who cares if we, you know, we don't succeed? Um, like, they're definitely, I mean, they're, they're players who don't, who aren't in it for the really intense, you know, end goals. But.
2: So are, are there groups of people that sort of band together to follow rules? I mean, is is this sort of, do you have yes. the emergence of sort of proto states? No,
1: a- absolutely, yeah. There's So there's, there's my favorite example of this, um, there's a... Um, so, so moving goods around is is tough, um, uh, because you know space is dangerous, and uh, if you just put all your goods in a in a big like you know um, uh, cargo ship and try and get across, uh, potentially even even actually safe space, um, if your goods are valuable enough, someone else will scan you, figure out you have valuable goods, and a cargo ship is really, you know, indefensible, like it's it's a you know, a sitting duck. Um, and so they will blow you up, even if you're in secure space, and they will just take the hit. In terms of, yeah, they're going to get, um, you know, blown up themselves by the security forces, but it doesn't matter because they, uh, you know, will have uh, exposed a large number of resources, which someone else can then come along and pick up if they're coordinating with them. Anyway, so so basically, flying a cargo ship is really dangerous, um, and so there's this group. Um, I'm trying to. I can't remember the name off the top. Oh, here, Red Frog. So you're called Red Frog Freight, and what Red Frog Freight does is they will move uh, stuff around the the um, uh, around the Eve universe for you. And they actually have. I, I'm have, pulling like, up the just, website here. Just a
0: website that like it's advertising a real freight company, it's but a, it's a it's, stupid it, online yes. video it's game. It's
1: essentially like you. I mean, you can actually enter like <laughs> here's where my here's where my goods are, and here's what they need to get. They will calculate the freight for you. And they actually provide guarantees on if your freight gets destroyed, we will pay out a certain amount. Um, and so you actually have a guaranteed, you know, mechanism for. Um, uh, and you can, you know, you can do like here's here's the rush version of it. If I need it quickly, they also have a separate thing called Black Frog, which is for um, the null security space I mentioned earlier, like for more dangerous jobs. Red Frog is for high security space. Um, sorry, Red Frog, and there's Blue Frog as well. I forget the. Um, oh i guess red blue frog is shut down for some reason um Anyway, so there's but there's, there's this freight company. They're really well regarded. They're really well known. Everyone uses them when they need to move goods. Um, they provide a great service. They they charge you know a a premium over what it would take to do it yourself. But that would only be if you had all the same resources they have. They're definitely more efficient at it than you're going to be. And so you just contract your goods to them. They're really reliable. They're never going to steal your stuff. Um, you know they um, uh, they they get it done. They pay their drivers or you know their flyers. Um, they're pilots, and um, and your goods get to where they need to go. So, so if they took out the violence from the game, if they mm. said like,
0: okay, let's suddenly we're saying no more of these guns and lasers and mm. bombs, uh, would people still enjoy playing the game if they're just f- shipping freight across the universe?
1: Um, I mean, I think if the if the right mechanics were in place, sure, you know, yeah. you can make that fun. I don't think it. I I think Eve Online, as it stands, if you took out everything else, would probably not be fun if it was just a freight game. <laughs> Um, Sounds but, kind of um, yeah, here's the red frog logo, by oh, the way. Great. Um, uh, but, um, uh, but no, I think it's, it, all this stuff works together to make something that is compelling and fun. Right.
2: So, uh, red frog will basically transport materials anywhere in this universe. Right. But are there particular areas where, you know, you, you might have some sort of protective military force that would resemble something like an army of a nation or is it, or is oh, it totally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so there, there are okay.
1: there are mercenary groups you can hire if you just want you know protection, or if you want to kill someone. Um, there are pirate groups that will you know extort you. I so I was trying to, I was moving, um, I forget, I was moving a couple of hundred million isk of goods at some point, and um, and got killed, even in high security space, got got killed, um, and got a message from the person that killed me saying, you know, hey, I work with this group. Um, uh, you know, we, uh, uh, we kill people, uh, um, you know, uh, but, but you can avoid it by, you know, like, we are constantly monitoring space. We kill people all the time, um, but you can avoid it by paying us, uh, you know, 10 million ISK a month. They're Um, mobsters. Yeah, essentially. Uh, and anyone, and I'm sure that's actually a reliable service. I'm sure I could actually pay them, you know, 10 million ISK a month or whatever. I forget what the exact, you know, fee was. Um, and you know, and they wouldn't attack me. They'd add me to their, to their, um, They'd flag me, you know, in the game as, as blue, as, like, friendly, and they wouldn't attack me. I'm sure they run that reliable service. You know, I, I, I have no, you know, reason to doubt that. Uh, I didn't pay because, you know, for me that's, that's not worth it. I don't move enough goods that that would be worth it. But, but yeah, there's totally groups that do stuff like that.
0: So a final question, if uh, the movie Convoy, if they actually overthrew, overthrew the government mm. and it just went on and on, do you think it would devolve into the general freight shipping companies of EVE Online and war being fought? between it, it, all these? It, Precisely. Okay, yes. good. So that's that's uh, episode one in uh, different uh, different real estate analogs to what's being happened in the economy of, of video games. Here's something that's been going on in the online version of uh, Final Fantasy XIV, Uh, A Realm Reborn. So any background on Final Fantasy XIV, A Realm
1: Reborn? Uh, Well, it's called A Realm Reborn because it originally launched as Final Fantasy XIV. Okay. No, no subtitle. So it's
0: like an actual part of the game series.
1: No, I mean, well, everything's a part of the game series, but, but like, it was an online game. Uh, it was just a really terrible online game. And so, they, was there
0: like a single player Final Fantasy XIV? They also no, had,
1: okay. no, it's an online only. So I mean, several final, several games in the Final Fantasy series. Yeah. I believe twelve was also or okay. eleven or thirteen. No, twelve, not 13. sure. Sure, eleven or twelve was also an online only game. Um, so um. Yeah, it. Um, uh, but it launched and it was terrible, and they revamped it, and they called it a Realm Reborn, and it's actually been really well regard- well regarded since then. Um, yeah. So,
0: well, so this is a few years ago. This is actually popping up again, I believe, in recent articles. There's a housing crisis. Apparently, there is. Apparently, you don't yep. need a house, but any any details? It's nice to have a house. So, well, so
1: houses you can either own as an individual or as a um, uh, as a free company, which is essentially a guild or you know um, uh, a group of players. Um, and you, when you have a house, you can put stuff in it, you can invite people over, you, you can, um, you know, make it look awesome. Uh, it's, you know, it's just a personal space that like you can put your own stuff in and invite other people into. Yeah. So it's cool to have, it's cool to own property in a, you know, virtual game.
0: But it sounds like more people want a home yeah. than can have it. They're and- very
1: expensive. They, they are, I think like 36 million, um, gill. Which, you know, you can acquire with a lot of, of you know, game time. Um, you know, I went in with a, a couple of friends and, and, and got one.
0: What was it like? Um, what was like being a homeowner?
1: Uh, very satisfying. Actually, so weirdly enough, so the bulk of the money that I have in the, the gill that I have in Final Fantasy XIV, I acquired because I went into someone else's house uh, randomly. Yeah. Just stopped by. You called a gooderman. Yes. And was chatting with them. And, um, they, uh, and like, it was clear that I was a somewhat new player and, you know, uh, whatever. And they just gave me like 5 million gil or something. You should try that
0: in real life. <laughs> it's going to work in Palo Alto.
1: Yeah. So I pooled a, a large portion of that together with a friend of mine who, um, uh, actually does have, uh, you know, significant, um, in-game resources. And, um, uh, you know, that was enough to buy, uh, to buy a place.
0: So people are complaining online that the Final Fantasy XIV... A oh, realm reborn. Mm-hmm. Uh, the system involves a lot of speculation. A lot of people are buying up large amounts of real estate to basically drive up the prices. Mm. On top of that, there's apparently something with zoning that causes companies to fight over the rights to buy land. I'm not sure. Um, I, I didn't I mean really... there.
1: So there. So the uh, there are a variety of different housing plots or like housing communities. Yeah. So there's some that are like on the water, some that are in the mountains, some that, there's like different themes for each community, um, and so each one of those has uh, I think it's like. 20 or 30, um, different sections. And then each of those sections, there are like a few dozen houses. Um, and so, uh, so there's definitely like some of those communities are more desirable than others and command higher premiums if they're, you know, on the water, um, or like in a nice place. Um, and then we, even within those, there's different plots that have different characteristics. Some are larger plots, some are smaller plots, um, which I think affect how much you can build on them. Um, some are in different locations. so there's there's I mean there's definitely there's it's not like you're just buying a house. There's a bunch of variety and and you know specifics to I'm buying this house in this community in this location, right?
2: So how, what kind of differential do you see between the good locations and the, and the bad locations? Is it quite as extreme as what you might see? Between you know, living in the center of San Francisco and living in the edges of Oakland, or
1: um, I mean, it's it's so it's about um probably about double, I think. So so like a cheap community would be like at least this was as of a year plus ago when I was um uh, still playing. Um, a cheap community would have been you know you could get a place for like twenty something million gill, and then a really expensive one would be like fifty ish. Um, so uh, yeah, it's, it, I would say it's like about double or at least at the time was at the time of this uh, this article
0: they're talking about an actual zoning change which is going to allow more uh basically single avatar homes mm. and it says that it's actually you know not achievable this is uh this is, it says this, a private home will cost 100 million gill at the time. Obviously, hmm. the prices should be extremely high because it has to be something that would be enjoyed only by the elite few that know how to work the market and have a free company that can farm loot on a daily basis. Uh, and the author of this article, Kristen Kapp, says, In other words, an entire universe is about a switch from a zoning model dominated by multifamily housing to one characterized by single-family housing afford- affordable only for the extremely wealthy um so the question Mm. is in what ways is final fantasy 14 like living in the bay area what ways is it different as far as getting
1: a home i mean it's definitely without well so it's a little different because uh with final fantasy 14 if you really invest enough time there are reliable ways to make large amounts of of gil you know and, and that just doesn't necessarily exist in the real world like there are are lots of situations where you could put in as much time as you want, and you are not going to make enough to buy a buy a house in an expensive area, right?
0: Maybe like a couple of centuries. <laughs> yeah, That's sure. Minimum wage, I'm sure.
1: Um. Well, and there's also like time works against you, right? Because the more time you, the more time it takes you to amass that money, the more expensive the real estate gets. So, um, so I think so. so the difference is like in Final Fantasy XIV, if you really just played, you know, 20 hours a day, <laughs> or whatever. Let's say 18. If you really played like 18 hours a day for a year, like you would have enough money to buy. Buy five houses, you know, or more. You'd have enough money to buy a whole community, you know. If you did the right things, I mean, if you just yeah. what they mentioned in that article, if you ground, uh, you know, uh, rare resources, um, especially if you banded together with other players, um, uh, and, you know, the, yeah, you would. There's just there's not enough scarcity of resources such that, like, you know, it, you as a player can still could still make it if you really want to but most
0: people don't have 20 hours a day to play
1: most people don't Uh, so i think but but that's one difference there right there is like a there's it's not like there's a um there's there's always a way it's just a way that involves investing a lot more time so it's really more a question of you know as a player that wants to spend a normal amount of time and get a normal amount of satisfaction out of the game um uh can you put yourself in a position to buy a house and generally the answer is no unless you are banding together with a large number of other players which most people actually i would say most people that get significantly into the game do i mean most like just like world of warcraft like most people would join a guild you know band together with other players to take on larger objectives like that's going to happen anyway and so it's just that that also is a prerequisite for getting a house which is not doesn't seem totally unreasonable, at least within the frame of an MMO where well, most people are banded together a anyway. Big, a big difference is
0: in the game, you can still live and not have a home. But in the sure. real world, it kind of yeah. blows to, <laughs> to, to live in the Bay Area and not have a home.
1: Yeah, that's a large difference. It's definitely it's a luxury within the game. It's not a necessity. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: so that was uh, item two in video game economies and real estate and land land economics. Uh, here is one more. Uh, it is the modern equivalent of the Dead Mall in the Video Game World Second Life. Yes,
1: this is my. I, I'm glad you say this one for last because this is going to be the best.
0: Yeah, Second Life. I, I've played a little bit of it, so I know I, I, I've more firsthand experience. Second Life was very popular around like 2005.
1: Uh, so I started. Um, it was so. Um it's tempting to use the word playing it, but actually Second Life players take offense to the idea that it's a game or that you play it. Sure. Um, so generally, so like, you have to be careful and you have to talk about it as a, I don't know, a community, a platform. A, a whatever, way of life. A way of life. Yeah. So so I started getting involved with Second Life uh, in uh, probably late 2004, early 2005, I, I think it was somewhere around then, um, and got involved because of Make Magazine. Sure. As many do. <laughs> uh, as many do. Uh I uh, was involved in the early days. I think like the beta version of Make Magazine talked about Second Life. And so a uh, community of pe- people involved with Make Magazine got involved in Second Life. Um I ended up actually um curating Make Magazine's in world presence in Second Life. Um and uh and, and that was where I started uh and then eventually ended up doing a bunch of other stuff in Second Life as well. Um, you know, owning land, um, Building scriptable Uh, objects—that was where I got most, or like that was my main source of second life income. Was um, actually like non-trivial real life income. Was at at least at that stage of my life uh, was um, uh, building scripted objects that I then sold. um, uh, Back then, you actually sold them on a third-party site that that brokered all the transactions. Now there's a built-in marketplace um, because they actually bought the company that made the third-party site, Um, and uh, so I would sell, you know, for a couple hundred linden dollars a piece i'd sell these scripted objects that would do things like welcome new people to your land or um keep messages and play them back in, under certain circumstances um or um you know other things like that so so
0: in second life kind mm-hmm. of materials and the capital to put together a world is very easy to come by so you can really make your own world around you and that's i think what made it attractive you can you can do more you can make your own crazy home you can make your own crazy community you can mm-hmm. fly
1: around uh and, however However you you actually so there are public sandboxes where you can build but if you actually want to make something lasting you either have to own land or you have to have permission to build on someone else's land so I was lucky originally in that I you know joined for this this make magazine thing and um, was working directly with you know the, the associate editor of make magazine um, and got permission to build on make land and so I was just that was where I built I built all the you know, um, the the my time my building time in Second Life was spent building on Make Land, so I had a place to do it.
0: So let's talk about two different things here: mm-hmm. boom times and bust times. Yeah. Boom times in Second Life. Mm-hmm. What well, what was it like if you wanted to kind of make something cool that lasted, but everyone wanted that, and there's just not enough land to go around?
1: Yeah. So I mean, well, I mean, it it really depends on the era because there was an era where you know it, it, the initial boom time, where actually you know Linden Lab, the company that makes Second Life, was actually la- uh, uh, adding lots more land, you know, pretty regular. Like they were expanding the the mainland area. There's actually now multiple you know continents. So
0: so there's the mainland is the public Linden estate, and then there's privately owned estates. So uh, that's
1: not entirely true. So the main okay. the mainland is land that. It, it, so it's really more about servers. So so there's uh, so each zone is is essentially corresponds to a server, um, and uh, the mainland is a bunch of servers where Linden Labs said, hey, we need this land to exist, so we are going to um, uh, you know like basically. Assign a bunch of land to these servers um, and uh, make that land available for people to own. So you can you can own land on the mainland. I own uh, what? I own one thousand twenty four square feet on the main or square meters on the mainland. Congrats. Um, thank you. Um, uh, so, um, but the the difference is just the mainland is servers established by Linden Lab. Now there are these islands which you can commission directly. You can say, "Hey, Linden Lab, I want an island," and they will set up a new server. Um, I don't know if it works this way anymore, but originally it was they would actually like go rack a new server. Um. <laughs>
0: well, so it's not like, I mean, I guess like Minecraft, you actually set up your own like space, right? Yeah. And like you'd run your own servers, but here it's all done centrally. I, I
1: think the original ambition was actually that it would be kind of like the web and that like you, anyone could run their own Second Life server. That never really panned out. I didn't realize it wasn't the case, huh? Yeah. So um, uh, what did pan out is anyone can can create their own Second Life viewing client. So it you know, anyone can make sure. their own browser essentially. But um uh it did end up Linden Labs still controlled all of the servers. I think their eventual ambition though was for that to be democratized. That that just never never came to fruition. Um so yeah, so it would be like, hey, I want an island, which is a, a whole, you know, zone just to myself, um, you know, where I can control access. The difference on the mainland is anyone can go anywhere. Um island you can actually have fully set private if you want to. Um and it's separated, it's out you know in the middle of the ocean. So, so you could say like, hey, I want an island. Um, the thing is, you actually note I'm on the website that calculates land usage fees, and sure. you can see see this note: island billing is separate from mainland use fees, right? Because islands are a lot more expensive. Oh, really? Um, yes. So to get an island, I mean, again, originally it was actually you were asking them to essentially rack a new server for you. Sure. Um, and so, is it about um, the
0: marginal cost of actually maintaining it, or is it more about the fact that they are exclusive? I don't really
1: know. Um, I mean, a, a little of both, but it actually—I mean, there was certainly marginal cost. I mean, they were—you know—they were actually dedicating a server to running your island, sure. Um, and so, you had to pay for—you know—you had to substance cost that. So, islands were—you know—hundreds of dollars a month to maintain.
2: So,
0: so I have never I never played during the boom times. Mm. I I did I think for the first time like 2 years ago. Mm. I, I I installed one of the clients and I went into it mm. and Second Life is weird
1: now because
0: it's mostly ruins.
1: It's a lot of empty land. It's so so of,
0: it's it's kind of a more extreme version of Detroit or something. Yeah. Of just a lot of empty buildings and it makes you uncomfortable. It's so not he, a fun place to spend time really.
1: Yeah, so 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 what Linden Lab does is um there's this account called Governor Linden. Um and what happens when – so so you have to pay land use fees to maintain your land. You can't just have land and, you know, not pay for it. So your land use fees are calculated based on how much land you own. Um, and, you know, it, uh, so there's a whole calculator I've got open here, and I can estimate, you know, I, if I want 1,024, you know, square meters of land, um, you get 512 square meters of free tier. Um, but if I want 1,024, I need to upgrade to a second tier. That costs me $5 a month to maintain that tier. Um and so, uh so I need to pay you know five dollars a month to to maintain this you know the, the this land that I have um, also, the land itself costs money to buy and sell sorry it's, a, go
2: ahead. it's, oh, sorry. it's interesting that uh you know in australia and in, in Melbourne for instance they uh, they have a tier system, and one mm. of the problems I've heard with this is that it creates a lot of vacant land because if you're just below mm. the first tier, then everybody just says, "Well, it's a small piece of land." Uh, we're not paying any taxes on it, therefore just let it fall into disuse. So I wonder if there's a similar cause between this um, created world and the real world.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I uh, I don't know if it's the same. I think more of the cause of vacant land in Second Life, at least recently, has been just people stop paying their tier fees, um, and so you have a large amount of. Well, so I guess. It, Vacant by vacant land in Second Life, I actually mean land that has been reclaimed by Governor Linden. So if you stop paying your your fees, oh, there's also another aspect, which is you have to be a premium Second Life member to own land at all. So there's a baseline subscription, and then there's another subscription on top of that, which is for I now I'm a premium member and I actually want to own land.
0: But the premium member, I think you get you get your first chunk of land free. With you get that. A,
1: you get a free house. Um, sure. Which they provide for you, or yeah, as a premium member, you can get up to 512 uh, uh, square feet of land, but you actually meters. have to you actually have square square meters, but you actually have to buy that land. So you have to say like, okay, mm-hmm. first I'm an a premium membership, which is I think eighty dollars a year. Um, uh, once you're a premium member, you can own up to 512 without upgrading your tier, but you actually have to go and you have to buy land from either an, another person or a land auction, which is what happens when land is abandoned; it goes up for auction by Governor Linden.
0: So it's it sounds like the thing that's kind of s you know it's people are they have a limit on how much actual area of land they have but not really about the value or something which is i think partly if you go mm. in it's yeah. you're surrounded by a lot of garbage all the time yeah. it's not really about hey this is valueless land let's get this back in circulation it's yep. more like oh it's better to leave it vacant and it it's real dire that you don't have dense neighborhoods mm. for the for this very reason yeah way. so
1: so that is a failure of the of the tier system here which is yeah you are paying if you know if i upgrade to the you know, 125 dollars a month tier that lets me own half a region, which is 32,000 square meters. Um, but it doesn't matter where that is, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, now of course the cost does change, right? So if I want to buy land that's right near one of the like you know central new player hubs, right? That's the most expensive stuff. Is where the new players come in. Um, the new players spawn at a couple points in the world, and so you want to be right next to those. If you it's like a you know, subway stop, like a subway stop. So um, if you and actually it used to be there were these things called tele hubs. And you could only teleport to a telehub. Oh, they changed that. And yeah, you can now teleport anywhere. Um, and the land um, next to telehubs was extremely expensive.
0: But was right? it was it like Hong Kong? Was it built up everywhere? Like people really utilize yeah. that
1: land? Yeah, it was. I mean, there. Were, it, well, what what happened is it got micro divided, right? So yeah. basically, what you would have is um, someone would own the smallest possible parcel, or would own a larger parcel around the telehub, um, and uh, the um, uh, they would then rent. Portions of that, um, or actually you can subdivide and, and you know, um, sell or co-own as a corporation, um, portions of that to other people and be like, okay, you ha- now have your one shop on this plot, and you have your other one shop on this plot, and we're sharing this, you know, plot next to the telehub w- among many different, you know, um tenants essentially
0: in the last few years though when i first spawned i didn't see it looked like a weird vacant ghost town from the very beginning yeah yeah <laughs> so, it's gotten... like, it seems like it's not working
1: uh well i think it's not working because there the player interest isn't there or sorry the user interest isn't there um
0: but shouldn't a sane system of of tier or however you mm. yeah you, you
1: well no, no. I, i'm shouldn't not saying the... no no i i mean yeah the the as like the as i said the 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 so the land itself gets more expensive, right? To buy land next to a telehub is going to cost more than buying land in the middle of nowhere. Sure. But the upkeep on that land is the same. Sure. Because you are just paying for the tier that corresponds to the amount of land you own. And
0: there's just not enough people who want to do that anymore.
1: Um, well, so I apparently, mean, there are some number of people. There aren't enough people to fill the whole world. No. Yeah. There are definitely, there's more land than people want to occupy right now. Um, I appear to have trouble logging in on the um, I'm sorry on the Stanford uh, Wi-Fi network here. It, it seems um, like
0: if this was going to be like a sensible system you should spawn and see oh i'm in a world this is fun and you should actually say hey what do you want to buy it's like oh you want to buy in a neighborhood where Mm. people are keeping it i've seen the place you were building Mm. like last year or something it was this weird ghost town with like a strange tomato car driving around (laughs) and like it was just i it's it's weird it's like Mm. i mean i guess it's safe because you can't be killed in the game but outside of that it's just hellish
2: Yeah. I mean, I wonder how much of it is just the fact that you can teleport in the real world. You can't teleport. Right. So. Yep. If you could in in real life, you know, there there there's no reason to keep up these uh, flyover areas, as it were.
1: Yeah, that's that's a lot of it. So there are actually so I I have never owned land that wasn't next to a road because I do like that. So there there are basically, you know, um, government maintained roads um, or, you know, Linden Lab maintained roads. Um, which uh, it road, there's actually roads there's railroads um, there's there's like some other pieces of public parks and other public land and so um I just I just don't want to own land that is boxed in by a bunch of other players or users, um, because I'm worried that they'll you know build awful stuff around me. So I always um, you know buy land that is right next to a road. The other you know potential benefit of that is at least it used to be people would actually walk along or drive along the roads, and so you would get more traffic as a result of people that were coming in from the road. Um, that doesn't happen so much anymore, in part because of this teleportation change that I mentioned where you can now teleport anywhere. Um, but but I'd say also just because there are fewer players in general. It used to be we'd get like groups of people together and just wander. You know, you group people together, you would either like you know hop on the railroad or walk down a road and you would be like oh what's down this way let's explore right
0: it sounds analogous to in the real world people used to have to build dense cities and people that it like make trolleys to get around when the car started mm-hmm. then you just sprawled out and you had these like yep ex- i mean ex- look, ex- at, look at
2: look at right? like yeah. uh you know paris versus la yep right la is totally sprawled and paris is super dense and
1: Yep. There is a a um, recreation of Paris within Second Life. <laughs> Just like China. Uh, um, but uh, there is also, I, so my land is actually right next to a recreation of Disneyland within Second Life. So yeah. I made sure to buy land that had a view of that. Um, but, um, the uh, yeah, so there's recreations of everything in Second Life. But, you know, the recreation of Paris was made by a specific group of, of users. It's maintained by that group of users. You could – I think you can get shops in it if you want to. You, know, you can rent or buy a, you know, a, a shop. I think you, you may not be able to buy it permanently, but you can certainly rent a shop within, you know, virtual Paris. Um, but it's not like virtual Paris is a conglomeration of, you know, many people that have come together to make a city. It's a, a centrally planned recreation of Paris. Is there a problem with speculation in Second Life? Um, There used to be. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, There isn't really any more because now there's no demand, and that's very clear. Um, So, um, uh, yeah, it used to be that you would have um, a couple real estate barons, um, you know, who, who generally made six figure real world salaries using the, you know, with, with their second life income. Yeah. So, so several, um, I forget the Amy something, Amy, Amy second life. Um, I forget her last name. So everyone in second life has a first name and last name, Amy Weber. That's right. Amy Weber. She stopped by make land one time and it was very exciting. Oh, nice. (laughs) Um, so Amy Weber was the, um, the absolute Second Life, um, uh, yeah. Owner of Amy Weber Studio Inc. and the person in control of the Second Life resident. I'm, I'm looking her up on the wiki here. Um, second Life resident Amy Weber, for which uh, her company is named for. Amy Weber is well known as a content creator. She started in January 2004 and has been featured in numerous uh, in-world and outer-world articles. Oh, sorry, no, actually, I'm, I'm confusing. Amy Weber is a um, was the was the clothing baron. Amy Weber uh, also made a six-figure salary. I'm thinking of someone I. I believe I Second Life. Uh, well, here's the article for Land Baron on the Second Life wiki. I'm sure this will mention whoever this was. Um, so, you'd ha- but you'd have these land barons who um, uh, would um, uh, actually. It wasn't so much holding lots of land. They would actually do a decent amount of of you know um, turnover. Uh, like generally, the way a land baron in Second Life would work back in the in the you know golden age um, was. Um, uh, they would just, you know, flip land uh, generally. They they would, you know, you'd have uh, a, a rolling inventory of land available from these land barons. Um, y- you as a buyer always knew that it was at a reasonably competitive price. Um, uh, you know, they were able to sort of, um, uh, you know, uh, save in some cases by scaling their operations. Um, also, they were operating at a level, I mean, as I mentioned, there's all these tiers, right? So like to actually... Um, Hold the amount of land they were holding was a fairly expensive operation to maintain on a monthly basis, um, so they had to guarantee they had a certain amount of throughput to you know to to um, account for that. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean, the, but the people who were most successful at this were making six-figure real-world salaries um, buying and selling land in Second Life.
0: Would it be fair to say that the economy of of land tenure in Second Life was built to only really work at all when? Growth was happening. That as soon as it fell apart, you know, and and people Mm. stopped growing, it immediately stopped making sense. Is
1: that fair to say or not? Um, uh, Let me think. I mean, I think the um, uh, not necessarily because there's still. I think there 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 still is um, opportunity, even still now. Actually, I've made some money doing this. Um, There's opportunity in um, uh, spending a lot of time, you know, crawling the world looking for undervalued uh, properties. Um, buying those properties uh, and then, you know, reselling them um, for what their what their you know true value is. Um, and that's more dependent upon you know you being able to hold enough land such that you can do that, um, and you knowing enough about you know what land is desirable versus what's not. There's also, I mean, in terms of flipping, like there's there's money to be made just by taking going and finding a plot of land that looks bad because whatever, like the terrain is poorly designed or like you know they've they've put really ugly stuff on it. So you know going and buying a plot of land that looks bad but is actually in a decent location and could be nice um redoing the terrain such that it's you know nicer um and filling it with some placeholder stuff that like gives someone an idea of here's how you could use this um and then reselling that for, for more value that actually that can happen there's i think even today still money to be made in doing that but
0: you're saying money being made is how it works i'd say the fact it seems like cities and kind of fun collaboration doesn't mm. really happen anymore oh no that happens a ton i mean
1: yeah. but but more happens within individual plots yeah. Yeah. So it happens I you know, so like so the Disneyland thing I mentioned, so there's a re- there's a full virtual recreation of Disneyland with like working rides and parades that they coordinate for special occasions and all sorts of stuff. And that it's incredible. Um, And, and, you know, my property overlooks it. Um, And uh, they you know, this is a group owned piece of land that they all pitch in to pay for, you know, people who are involved with this project. They take donations and I've donated to them several times, um, you know, from people who attend, you know, their events and, and, you know, view the park. Um, And, you know, they just have this plot of land that they build on. They build all these rides on it um, and they maintain it together. And it's you know it it it's awesome it's it's a really really great use of space it's really fun it's you know they like they've done a great job recreating all these rides from Disneyland
0: uh, true or false would be cooler if all the high value land that's built upon was somehow you know consolidated and everything was kind of made closer to each other instead of sprawled
1: um mm, sort of I mean a lot of the stuff that exists is pretty junky and so actually I think the if you if you put I mean, for example, like my land, I like because there's actually a decent amount of empty space around it. If there if there were built up properties around it, I would be looking probably at like really garish. You know, m- most people who build property in Second Life have zero taste, and so a lot of it is like you need shiny. a strong city council yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> with a really good approval process.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so you know, a lot of it is very um, uh, you know, ugly. Um, uh, you know, not um, uh, uh. Um, not well used uh, space. So
0: I was I was reading this article.
1: Um, oh, Desmond Chang. Yeah, this is not the one I'm thinking of. There was a different, uh, there was a different land baron back when when I was this. You know, who was the person who owned you know, um, uh, or who was you know like the largest buyer and seller. Um, but I just don't. Um, Were they one of the to richest
2: people? Uh, making. US dollars that yeah, in the game yeah totally.
1: Or, so the, the people at least during the golden age the people who made um uh you know the most money um were the people who um uh you know uh, were buying and selling land uh the people who made um clothing or other you know cosmetic items so so amy weber was one of those um uh you know and and you know so clothing skins um uh you know accessories etc um, and then the people who made the most popular scripts. Um, mm. So the people who made like... Like actually
0: sold the scripts?
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, so you, you could sell code, essentially. You can sell code. You can sell objects that contain code. Did people pirate this? Um, uh, you can actually set permissions such that people can't view the source code for the thing you um, mm. create. So, um, uh, so, so I made, you know, I mean, not... I made, you know hundreds of dollars, not more than that, um, you know, from from selling, um, uh, you know, from selling scripts. Um, there were people, though, you know, who made, like, uh, there was this really popular multi-gadget, it was called, which was, like, a personal assistant or a personal, you know, like a PDA almost within, within the world, which would, like, um, tell you, you know, if there were new people nearby, like, keep track of other stuff. That thing, I mean, everyone bought one of those. And so the person who made that, you know, um, I mean, they were... Uh, what they were like five real dollars a piece or something like that or maybe the last one was like two fifty um, and so you know we've got hundreds of thousands of players um, all buying this like what essentially be- became at least at this time you know became like the essential item that everyone bought you know um, and so the person who made that you know was doing very well so
2: so, so we're it's, it's more- amazingly how similar it is to you know the real world where you know y- you can get rich in real estate or you can get rich uh, selling luxury products or you know iPhones?
1: <laughs> yeah. It, no, totally. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, it had all the same dynamics. It was, I mean, they were really, Linden Lab was absolutely trying to create, uh, you know, the, um, the 3D internet, really. Right. I mean, they were trying to create, like, they were trying to map you know, all of these constructs that exist within reality and within, you know, um, uh, on, on online societies and communities, or whatever, to a virtual 3D environment. Um, and you really, it, it was amazing. I mean, there, was, there still is. There's this, you know, scripting language that is really powerful where you can create, you know, essentially arbitrary objects that, you know, could have complex AI or whatever else you want to, you know, create with them. Um, uh, you know, you can... Um, you can sell that stuff. You can set, you know, copy permissions. You can, like, open source stuff or not open source stuff. You can – you everything in the world has a URL and an email address. You can email any object in Second Life. <laughs> it's really fun to can do. Can you clone yourself? Uh, not really. Um, but you can, like, make yourself definable
0: and someone else could –
1: Create a new person that you could you could equip an object that someone else can communicate with. So so yeah. this multi gadget I mentioned, like you know that was something you wear on your person, and that is scriptable. You can send emails to it. Um, so, uh, you but know, you could theory... change
2: like your genes to become like a giant, or you could. I mean, you can change your appearance right. at any time. Yeah, it's like the
0: sims yeah, yeah. in that sense. Yeah, but actually we're running out of time here. Uh, file for Emotion... There's a lot more to talk about, like city-building games, too. Uh, oh, sure. From, yeah, City
1: Skylines, yeah, SimCity, exactly. that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, those are a little less interesting because they aren't multiplayer generally. It's interesting to look
0: at how they fall short
1: of sure. real economies. Of, of, yeah, of simulation, yeah. But yeah.
0: in short, do you think uh, you've learned a lot over the years about the economy of, 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 of land use uh, from your experience in these games?
1: Um, I, I mean, I think... Um, I don't know that I've learned that much but it's a i would say like i certainly have reference points to compare other things i see against
0: yeah uh well, we've been talking about uh the land tax in, in the world of EVE Online, Final Fantasy 14, Second Life and more. I,
1: I um, will say of these of those 3, yeah, I think the um the the one that has been by far like order of magnitude most successful in getting this balance right has been EVE Online.
0: Well, the people say EVE Online is the only real you know serious economy out there. Yeah, it's, I mean
1: it it has a real economy that, you know, is actually like functional and stable sure. um, it is fun i mean for the yeah. people that play it it is a really fun and satisfying game to play um and you know and it and has there like there are you if you actually apply real you know ingenuity effort and you know um uh, and and you know uh, cleverness um to the in-game mechanisms we online, you can come out ahead. Like It's really satisfying to do so. And, and um, hint,
0: hint, they're the ones who apply the, the sacred principles of the land value tax to, <laughs> to fix things instead of just letting things fall into a weird uh, dead mall disarray. Yeah, they're yeah. very
1: good. They're, it, CCP is, is uh, definitely... Um, you know, they've had their missteps over the years, but they they really think deeply about these problems.
0: We've been talking to Alan Joyce about video games, Eve Online, and Second Life surfing as an economic laboratory to teach us about scarcity, land, and more. Uh, yeah, so maybe we'll have a chance to talk even more about this in the future. In the meantime, you can find previous episodes of the Henry George Program on the website, seethecat.org. And this is a presentation of Shue, Stanford.